Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Great to see you. My name is Pastor Richard, and I'm the uh, the minister of this church, and the one who is privileged to bring you God's word this morning. Uh, what we're doing is we're going through uh, the Gospel of John, and uh, John is a biography of Jesus. And so as we get to um, work through John, we get to meet Jesus and discover who he is, what he came to do, and what and how we can receive it. And so it's amazing. We're up to chapter 3 already. I don't know, it's taken seven weeks to get here, but we're here at at chapter 3. And it's just been incredible because it really does reveal who Jesus is. And so, um, you know, if you've been here at the time, you'll know that um, it begins with five testimonies. Five testimonies. So the first thing, John, the author, he said um, that uh, that Jesus is the word become flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen his glory the glory of the one and only. And then uh, we see that uh, John the Baptist came and he uh, was chosen by God to um, prepare people to meet their saviour. And he's the one who said, Behold, the Lamb of God who, who, takes the sin, um, who takes away the sin of the world. And so he pointed to Jesus. He said, He's the one. He is the Lamb that was promised since the beginning. We saw that uh, Andrew, he um, believed uh, John the Baptist and went to meet Jesus and he discovered that he is the Messiah. So he went straight away to Peter and said, we have met, we discovered the Messiah, the Christ. And, uh, and so he went there. And then also we met Philip, who uh, then he discovered the Messiah also. And then he went to Nathaniel and said, we have found uh, the, what the Old Testament has written about. We have found the Messiah. We have found the Christ. And then Nathaniel ends the fifth testimony by saying, you are the Christ. You are the Son of God. That's who you are. And then there were many others who believed as well, it says. And so uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had a look at um, Jesus, his first miracle. So he launched his ministry, uh, the most important ministry in, in the universe, by uh, turning water into wine at a wedding feast. And so he wasn't just fixing a, uh, a hospitality nightmare. He was actually uh, you know, declaring and showing what he came to do, to, to bring transformation, to convert from water to wine. And so that's the illustration of what he does for us. And so we discover he is the one who converts, who renews, and who changes. And uh, last time we saw uh, that Jesus is the one who cleansed the temple. So it's, a, it's sort of a different Jesus. He comes in and he clears the temple and says, this is the place where the Gentiles are, co- are to come and pray. This is the place where they need to look at the sacrifice and what it means. And you've turned it into a marketplace. And so people are distracted. They can't discover what it's all about. And so he cleanses the temple. So we learn that Jesus is the Messiah. He's the Lamb of God who's come to take away the sin of the world. He's the one who converts and then cleanses. But now today we're going to be looking at a a teaching, one of his first teachings. And we're going to be learning about what it means to be born again. Born again. And uh, can you imagine... John, uh, you know, the author, he's writing it down. He would have been smiling, wouldn't he? Born again. So when he, when he wrote, uh, when he first met Jesus and heard this, uh, you've got to be born again, he had no idea what being born again means. No idea. So he said, oh, Jesus said you had to be born again. Well, I know, what does that mean? I didn't understand it. I mean, he didn't fully understand it. But when he was writing this, he had been born again. <laughs> Can you imagine? You've got no idea what it means. And so, you know, when Jesus died upon a cross, he was terrified, wasn't he? He was scared. He ran away. They were hiding. And there he was writing this, 
and he was being persecuted. He gave his life for Jesus. He gave his life to this cause because he knew that Jesus is the Messiah and he knew exactly what that meant and he was born again. And so when he first saw this or heard this, he didn't know what it meant. But then when he wrote it, he said, this is what it means. And so, uh, you know, John, who he thought he knew, he sort of believed, but now he's born again and he writes the account of what Jesus says. Isn't it incredible? And it's so, it's so true. And, and it's the biggest teaching of being born again in the whole scriptures. It's, it's found nowhere else as, as much as this. Jesus says that to be a Christian, you need to be born again. Have you ever met those born-again Christians? Born-again Christians? Amen. <laughs> See, there's one over there. You know those annoying ones? You say, yeah, you know, they, they're, a bit, they're a bit loopy. You know, they're, they're a little bit, you know, a bit crazy. People think that's what a born-again Christian looks like. But that's rubbish. <laughs> See, because, you know, you've got non-Christians and you've got born-again Christians. There's no, there's no levels of, of Christianity. To be a Christian, you need to be born again. And so we have to ask the question, is that us? Have we been born again? I think throughout history we've seen how, what, it, what it looks like, like Augustine, you know, a great man, hundreds of years ago, you know, he, he, he was a womanizer. You know, he, he just uh, pleased himself and was chasing women and, and uh, you know, he was wealthy and he just pleased himself until he heard from God. And he was transformed. And he was born again. Now, the story goes that he met one of these women that he used to hang around with and she said, Augustine, it's me. And he said to her, I'm sorry, it's not me. I'm not who I used to be. And so he was a womanizer and a man pleasing himself and then he became a leader of a church, a theologian and author who held the church together during a very difficult time. He was born again, you see. He was not the same man. He was completely different. Or what about uh, Martin Luther, you know, the Reformation? And amazing. I mean, Martin Luther, he was so worried that he wouldn't make it into heaven. And so he was beating himself up all the time. He was praying as many prayers as he could pray. He was going to as many confessionals as possible. Every, all the priests were annoyed with him because he kept on coming in. Oh, I think I, think I might have sinned. I better go and repent. And you know, they said, oh, no, you know, he's such a neurotic. <laughs> this, this Martin Luther is terrible. But then he was born again. He completely changed. And so then he faced off the entire church to say, hey, we need to go back to the word of God. And he said, do you, know, do you know what he said? He said, here I stand, so help me God. I will not give up what I believe about the word of God and about who Jesus is. He stared down the leaders of the church and the world at the time because he was born again. And so that has to be true of us, isn't it? So we have to have our pre-born again and our post-born again experience. We have to know what it's like to say, well, I believe in Jesus, I like Jesus, he's a nice person, he's my friend, he's good, Until and, all, and then you get to the point where you are born again. You are a new person. And this morning we need to figure this out. Is this true of you and is this true of me? And so Jesus is going to apply this to us so that we can learn it and experience it. So what we're going to do is look at uh, John chapter 3, verses 1 to 15, and we'll hear the story of Nicodemus, and then we can apply that to ourselves. So it says, Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, 
who was a member of the Jewish council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time in their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to spirit. So um, you should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, Jesus said, and you do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak in heavenly of heavenly things? No one has ever um, gone into heaven except the one who has come from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this wonderful part of your word. We thank you that it's so central to what it means to be a Christian, to be in a relationship with you. And so, Lord, we pray that you'll use these words, apply them to us, help them to ensure that we know that we are born again and that we may, Lord, be affirmed in it and that we may grow in it. And so please use these words on us as we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, and so John, the author of the book, has already written about this, hasn't he? I'm not sure whether you remember you know, a couple of months ago when we looked at John chapter 1, verse 12 and 13, where he said, Yet to all who received him, that is Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Right. So that's born again. He gave them the right to become children of God. And what are these children? They're children born not of natural descent, nor human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. Incredible, isn't it? So when you look at me, you see somebody, I've been born again. I've been born of God. God himself, the God of the universe, has looked upon me and said, you're my child. I'm going to rebirth you. Can you imagine? Nothing changed on the outside, but boy, a lot has changed on the inside. And so this is what we need to see, is that this is what happens. So we want to, um, you know, it's amazing that um, Nicodemus was chosen. So Nicodemus, I mean, if there's ever a Christian anywhere around or a religious man, this man would have been the top of the tree, wouldn't he? I mean, he, his name's Nicodemus, which is, you know, not a Hebrew name. You know, that's a Greek name. And uh, Nicodemus means conqueror. Don't know what that means. Why he's called conqueror, but that's his name. Anyway, but so he, look at him. It says, um, so he was a Pharisee. So he was a Pharisee. You know, the, the, you know they study the word of God thoroughly. They memorized the word of God. They knew the word of God so well 
He was a leader. He was a part of the Sanhedrin. He, he was a, a leader in the community. He was well respected. You know, everybody looked at Nicodemus and said, now there's, there's a man who's close to God. There's a man who's going to get to heaven first. You know, there's a man, wow, you know, he's so honest and he's so sincere. And, and here we notice that he's really humble. Have you noticed? Look what he does. He says he, he's, um, so he's part of the during ruling council and he, he came to Jesus and he said, Rabbi, he calls Jesus Rabbi. Everybody else wants to get rid of him. And this guy, this leader, he says, Rabbi, he calls him teacher. And he says, uh, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. Nobody else would say that. You know, they'd say, well, he obviously came from the devil. <laughs> but uh, no, he says, we know who you are. And no one can perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. So Nicodemus, you know, the, the ruler, knows everything and yet humble, comes to Jesus and he compliments Jesus, doesn't he? Why do you think he's doing that? Why, why does he come to Jesus to compliment him? He wants an oars with Jesus, doesn't he? So th there must be something going on on the inside, isn't it? He's, he, he says, um, you know, I, I think um, like I want to have Jesus join my team, perhaps. So you can invite him on the on the team, couldn't you? Like, I'm the leader. It wouldn't it be great if Jesus, you know, could come and I could tell him how to live and do it properly, and then he could do the miraculous signs, and you know, we'll all go together. Why don't we join together? I think we've got, you know, this would be good. He had some idea, didn't he? he? Or he just wanted to get to know Jesus. What is what is his story? What is he about? And what does Jesus say? You're a lovely person, Nicodemus. You know, you're a nice person too. I've heard good things about you as well, Nicodemus. But he doesn't say that, does he? Jesus just breaks straight in and abruptly, he doesn't answer anything, he just abruptly says, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. And so remember we said that a few weeks ago, he says, amen, amen, and then he spoke. And normally in those days, if you wanted to say something, you would say something and then somebody important would say, Amen, yeah, that's true, that's, that's okay. That's, as far as we know, that's okay. But Jesus says, Amen, Amen. So the word I'm about to speak is the right, true word of God. And then he says that, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. So can you imagine the shock of Nicodemus? I mean, he's a ruler. I mean, there's no better religious man. And then Jesus just breaks in and rudely says to him, you need to be born again. Why did Jesus act so abruptly? Well, I think it's because he knew Nicodemus's heart, didn't he? He knew his heart. He knew that he needed to know the truth and he needed to hear what uh, the most important thing of all. And so Jesus could look into Nicodemus's heart and see that he needed to be born again. And so it says there that, um, you know, he just says it. He just says, just come straight out with it. You need to be born again. And so we need to understand that if, if, if Nicodemus had to be born again, wow, you know, then obviously everyone else does too. And so uh, why, uh, why do we have to born, be born again? And have a look at what Jesus says. He says, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of heaven unless... They are born again. Unless, you know, the, the word unless is so important. If, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't work. You know, unless. 
So he says, unless you are born again. In verse 5 it says, unless you are born of water and the Spirit. Verse 6 says, flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to the Spirit. And verse 7 it says, you should not be surprised that I'm saying you must. So it's unless you are born again, unless you are born of water and the Spirit. It's you must be born of water and the Spirit. You know, if that doesn't happen, then you're not in a relationship with God. Then you're separated from God. You're still in your sin. You're lost. You're not converted. This is so important, isn't it? These words, unless, are so important. See, unless you have fuel in the tank, your petrol engine won't start. Unless you have air in the tank, or in the in the car, uh, the engine won't start. Unless you have a spark, you know, the engine won't start. Unless. And so we have to look at ourselves and say, unless we are born again, we are not in a relationship with God. They said, you will not see the kingdom. And so for Nicodemus, this was just such an out-of-the-blue blow, he didn't know what that meant. He would have thought, I, I know the scriptures, I love God, I do everything I can, I'm a humble man, and then this guy tells me that I'm not even, I can't even see the kingdom, I'm not even anywhere near it. That's what he says. And so Nicodemus responds, as you'd imagine. <laughs> what, what does he say? Can, can a man be born again even though he's old? <laughs> or can I go back into my mother's womb? I mean, he's just, this is ridiculous. What are you talking about? How can he be born again? How can he be born again? And then Jesus looks at him and smiles and said, you've got no idea. You've got no idea. You see, it says, you are Israel's teacher. You are Israel's teacher and you've got no idea. Sounds like an insult, doesn't it? <laughs> You're supposed to know this and you have no idea. You're not even, you can't even see the kingdom of God. And so, you know, um, Nicodemus, do you think he should have seen? Or do you think, you know, Jesus is being a bit harsh? Because, you know, John, the disciple, didn't really understand either. But Nicodemus, he says, you're Israel's teacher, you should know. And because it's in the Old Testament, isn't it? So when he says you should know, he says you should know because you know your Bible. And so if you study the scriptures of the Old Testament that Nicodemus knew, he should have known. <laughs> And so the Jesus gave him the lesson, didn't he? Look at it. I mean, in uh, where does it say that? He says, um, uh, verse 13, No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. He's the Son of Man, you know the title, Ezekiel. Son of Man, that's an Old Testament title for the Messiah who was to come. Uh, and then it says, Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. He applies the scriptures, do you see? Remember in Moses' time when um, you know they were rebelling against God and snakes went throughout the camp and people were being uh, bitten by the snake and dying? And then Moses cried out to God on behalf of the people. And then um, you know, God said, make a, a bronze snake, put it on a pole, and everybody who looks at that snake will be healed. And that's what happened. So this, this bronze snake was put up on a pole, everyone looked, and as soon as they looked, they were healed. It's like, that's the Old Testament. You know, Nicodemus knew that. And then Jesus applied that Old Testament passage to what he was about to do, what his mission is all about. 
And so he says that you need to um, see that the Son of Man is to be lifted up. And, and isn't it incredible when you look at it? Because the, the snake, you know, uh, the snake on a pole, I mean, a snake represents separation from God and evil and sin, doesn't it? Or the devil. And, uh, and yet Jesus says, I'm that snake. I'm going to have to be put up on a cross. I'm going to be sin for the people of God. I'm going to be you know, the one that separates people from God so that the wrath of God may be upon me. See, and so Nicodemus could have perhaps understood that. He could have seen that in the Old Testament. Jesus said, unless you are born of water and the Spirit. And that's throughout the Old Testament, isn't it? Ezekiel, it says, um, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. He says, you are Israel's teacher. Learn this. Understand that. The water of God is the spirit of God. You know, The wind of God is the spirit of God. And so uh, Jesus was giving Nicodemus an education or a lesson, step one. Christianity 101, you need to be born again. You need to know that you need to have a new heart. Spirit gives birth to spirit. You should know that. And he said, well, you, you know, you can't jump back in your mother's womb and, you know, flesh giving birth to flesh. That's not what he's talking about. And so Nicodemus had to learn this lesson, just like we need to learn this lesson, don't we? Unless we are changed, we will not be in a relationship with God. Unless we know the gospel and respond to it and believe, we will not be saved. We will stay in our sin. It's so clear and so true, isn't it? Every Christian has to be born again. The spirit has to give birth to the spirit. That has to happen within inside of us. And so, uh, well, you know, what do we do? How does it work? I mean, how can, how can this happen to us? You know, I think uh, I love the story of Harry Ironside. You know, he was uh, an evangelist and author and an educator a long time ago. And, uh, you know, he, was, uh, he, was, um, he went uh, out into the city and he did some street pe- preaching and he met uh, the Salvation Army. They were doing some street preaching out there. And, uh, and he, he joined them and they, and they said, oh, can you please give us your testimony? So, you know, he, he spoke about how he became a Christian. And there was a very famous um, atheist in the town and he gave him an invitation. So he, he wrote down an invitation and he said, Harry Ironside, and I challenge you to come to the hall you know, at the end of the week and we're going to have a great big debate about the existence of God and how God doesn't exist. And so Harry Ironside was invited to that event. And, uh, and so this was in front of everybody. He, he read the card and then he said, uh, he said, okay, I will do that. I will go with this atheist and have this great big discussion, but only on one condition. I need to bring, uh, he needs to bring two people with him. Okay, so we'll come to the debate and what I'd like him to bring is one man who was addicted to alcohol, drugs or you know, gambling or somebody who destroyed his life completely, somebody who was a complete no-hoper, somebody who you know, he was in the gutter, he was totally lost. I want him to be brought and then confess that he was converted by atheism. <laughs> so he heard about atheism and then was changed and his whole life was renewed. Okay, bring someone like that. And then he said, also, I'd like you to bring another person. Bring a, a lady who was a prostitute. Bring uh, somebody who was, was down and out. Somebody who, was, who had nothing left. Somebody who was, you look into their eyes and they're just empty and lost and just dead. 
on the inside. Bring someone like that who can declare that atheism converted them and changed their entire life. He said, bring those two people and I'll come and I'll bring you a hundred people who have had exactly that same experience, but they were converted by Jesus. They've been born again. Can you imagine? And so the atheist declined politely. <laughs> because what can he do? How can you find somebody who says, I'm an atheist, there's no such thing as God, and that's going to help anybody? How's it going to help anybody? It doesn't help anybody. You stay in your death. You feel more lost and alone, and you keep on searching for life. And yet Jesus says you can be born again. All you have to do is receive me and you can be born again. Spirit gives birth to spirit. Let the spirit into your heart, let the gospel transform you and you will be changed. And then you could go and declare to every atheist in the world that atheism is rubbish, is empty. And yet there are people, atheists, living all around us, aren't they? They just they, they have no idea. They, they just think it's all, you know, there must be some sort of evolution or some sort of thing going on. They're not sure what's happening. They don't know the power that's there. When people see us, they've got no idea about the power that's there. Can you imagine? I find that a tragedy. They look at me and, and, and I, I, I have, I have, I'm changed on the inside. I can testify to what's happened to me. And they don't have it or they don't see it or they don't have the need of it. That's a tragedy. And so we have the same ministry as Jesus, don't we? Unless you are born again, you will not see the kingdom of God. Unless you are born again, you will live in hopelessness and fear. But if you receive the spirit of God and the word of God, you will be transformed and you will be filled and made new. The Spirit will give birth to Spirit in you and you'll be a child of God. And that's what it is. It's a complete change, a complete renewal. You know, in the Old Testament we talk about, you know, um, God says, uh, let me tell you about my vineyard. You know, Isaiah chapter uh, 5. He's talking about my vineyard. You know, he said, uh, you know, I set up a wall around it. I had a nice soil. I made sure it was all well drained and I put all the plants in it. And what came out? Just wild berries. Nothing came out. It was useless. And so God had to rip it all up and start again. And that's the picture of us, isn't it? It's not about just adjusting our lifestyle or becoming nicer. It's not about us working harder at being more Christian. It's about total transformation. We have to have the entire plant ripped out and a whole new one put in. And that's, that's our heart. That's, we need our heart ripped out, heart of stone, heart of flesh, and we need a heart of spirit to take its place. And so this is what we need. Unless that happens, you see, we will not see God. We will not see heaven. And so you have to ask yourself, I have to ask myself, do, do we know this? Do we see this? Do we experience this in our lives? This is what it is. It's so crucial. Don't call yourself a Christian unless you are born again. And how does it work? See, it's interesting with uh, Nicodemus, isn't it? Because Jesus said, unless you are born again, you will not see the kingdom of God. You, you won't even see it. And so how do you see it? Well, Nicodemus saw Jesus. And Jesus is the king of that kingdom, isn't he? That's who he is. And so the way to fix it 
The way to be born again, the way to receive it then, is to see the king of the kingdom. Nicodemus saw Jesus. He heard from Jesus. And do you think Nicodemus was converted? Does anyone know? Well, interesting. I'm not sure. Do we know? John chapter 19, verse 39. Very interesting. I mean, I, you know, I, just, I didn't know this before. I should have, perhaps, but I didn't. Did you know that Jesus died upon the cross and, uh, you know, who, who was it of um, Arimathea? He, he said, can I please have the body? Nicodemus was with him. Joseph, it says it so clearly, it's amazing. So Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus and Nicodemus joined and both, both of them got the, all that they needed to prepare his body for burial. Can you imagine? I can't, I can't believe it. I'm, I'm just, wow, Nicodemus. You know, the man who's the leader of all the people, you know, he has pride and everything, and he didn't care about what anyone thought. He went with Joseph of Arimathea to take the body down of Jesus and to prepare it for burial and give him a, like a king's burial. Nicodemus. Isn't that incredible? What happened to Nicodemus? Well, he knew or saw Jesus, didn't he? He saw the king and he was transformed. I would not be surprised. If we met this guy in heaven and he says, hello, my name's Nicodemus. <laughs> no, I had no idea. I thought I had it all together. But then I met Jesus, I saw the king of the kingdom, and then the king of the kingdom transformed me. I was totally renewed. I was born of the spirit. I entered into the kingdom of God, and now I have all that I have today. And it only comes through seeing the king and receiving him. And so we have to test it. We have to test ourselves. Some, some of us say, yes, well, I, you know, I believe in Jesus. Yes, that's true. I, um, I, you know, I've accepted Jesus into my heart and now I'm a Christian. And you say, okay, is, is that true? Have you been born again? Is that true? How can you tell? What is the best way of testing? Well, Jesus gave the test, didn't he? It's about wind, isn't it? The wind of the Spirit. You, know, you don't know where it's going and you don't know where, where it's come from, but, but it, it happens. And so what we have to do is, have we got the wind of the Spirit in us? And the way to look at that is to say, imagine if there was a great big wind in here. If, if, you know, if it was really windy in here, if there's a great big wind going, and uh, what would be, what you'd see? What would happen in here if the wind was really strong? There'd be, your hair would be blowing around? Not, mine wouldn't be very much, but it'd be <laughs> blowing around. And you know, the plants would be going around and maybe there'll be a bit of paper blowing around. There'd be something would be happening. And you, and you can say, well, how can you tell it's windy in here? Well, you can't see the wind, but you can see the things blowing around. See? And so what Jesus is saying, has the wind of the Spirit come into your heart and life? Because if the power of the almighty God of the universe comes into you, then something's going to have to change, isn't it? Something. You can't. I mean, it's not even a, if not even a hair in your head blows around, then that means that there's no wind, right? So, so Jesus said, "This is how you test how you're going in your life. The Spirit of God, the, the you know the God of the universe, has entered into your heart. You have made. He has made you new, and He cannot live with selfishness. The Spirit of God cannot live with." Uh, Anxiety or worry or a lack of peace or self-centeredness or self or being defensive or being inconsistent or being a hypocrite. You know, the Spirit of God doesn't live with that. And so if the wind of the Spirit is blowing in us, what happens is all those things 
that are not of God, you know, the flesh, they get blown away by the Spirit of God, you see? And so when the Spirit of the mighty God of the universe enters into your heart, suddenly you have to see there's something blowing around. And so that's the challenge for us now. Do you believe in Jesus? Have you seen the King of the Kingdom? And is there something blowing around in your life? You know, even slowly, is there something happening, to, you know, showing that Jesus is at work? Are you becoming less impatient? Are you becoming more loving? Are you becoming more committed, more willing to sacrifice? Are you, are you willing to be a person of integrity? Are you feeling peace come into your life? Or patience? Or endurance? Or kindness? You know, when the Spirit of God is at work blowing around in your life, then suddenly you start to change. And if you can't see a change, the Spirit of God is not blowing around. It's a hard word, but it's true, isn't it? And so we need to say, is the Spirit of God blowing around in our hearts, transforming and changing us? Are we becoming more like Jesus? Because that's exactly what the Spirit does when it blows around. And so we need to know that. We need to know what it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 7, where it says, The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God, nor can it do so. It does not. It can't submit to God. But when you're born again, you will submit to God. You will change. The wind of the Spirit will work and you will become more and more like Jesus every day. So this is the lesson that we need to have. This is what we need to apply to ourselves. It's, it's so central, it's the most important thing to Christianity. Are you born again? Have you seen the King? Have you received the King? And is the wind of the Spirit transforming you into the likeness of Jesus? Let's pray. Father God, we want to thank you for these wonderful words. We thank you for this wonderful demonstration of what it means to be in your kingdom. Lord, we thank you that you, you got right to the heart of the matter. You didn't talk about behaviours or doing nice things, but you said you must be born again. We thank you for this central teaching. And Lord, we can acknowledge before you that we need to be born again. Lord, that we can see the flesh in our own lives. Lord, we can see sin. We can see how quickly we will fail. We can see doubts and worries and fears and anxieties and inconsistency and hypocrisy. There's so many things in here, Lord. And, and we just want to say to you, we need your Spirit's work. We need to be born again. We need to be completely transformed. Please forgive us of trying to, to, to be nice and trying to be Christian and trying to do the right thing. Help us, Lord, to give up trying and simply surrender to you so that you may do your work in us. Holy Spirit, please blow in our hearts. Transform us. Get rid of the things that don't belong and that are not of you. And please, Holy Spirit, give birth to spirit in us. <laughs> Transform our hearts completely so that we may be more like Jesus. There are people all around us who think they're Christian or like Christians or want to be more religious. But Lord, please help us to teach them and show them what it means to be born again. Lord, there are so many people who are struggling and worried and concerned and there's so many people who are lost and alone and, and they need to see that you're available so that they may be born again too. And so Lord, please use us, transform us, blow your, the spirit of your uh, the wind of your spirit in our hearts so that we may be seen, that people may see who you are at work in us. 
And so, Lord, in this room, there are people who are not sure. And, Lord, we pray that they may see the King. Lord, there are people who are struggling. And, Lord, we pray that they may hear and understand the wind of the Spirit needs to do its work and to allow the wind of the Spirit. Lord, there are those of us who have received the Spirit and are changing, but slowly. We pray, Lord, that you'll help us to change more and more each day. Help us to have the fruit of the Spirit within us so that we may be transformed and changed. And so, Lord, we pray for each one of us that you may meet us where you're at, that you may look us in the eye and tell us that we need to be born again and that we need to allow the Spirit of God to change us. Lord, we, we just want to give ourselves to you in that way as we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.